Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, I heard you need an inspiration. He's a lot of end friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Little known fact about my guest today, as a teenager, she would stay up late and sneak watching The L Word, and now she stars on The L Word, Generation Q. Talk about a full circle moment. Welcome Rosani Zayas to the podcast. A-OK. A-OK. Hey everyone, my guest today is Rosani Zayas. Rosani stars on the Showtime series, The L Word Generation Q. She's a graduate of Juilliard. Some of her other TV credits include The Code, Orange is the New Black, Modern Persuasion, and Instinct. She also starred in A Midsummer Night's Dreams for the Public Theater's mobile unit. She's a native New Yorker, and I'm so thrilled to have her today on the podcast. Welcome, Rosani. Thanks for having me. This is such a thrill. I, uh, I have been such a fan of the show and I've been such a fan of your work in particular. I, I told you before we started recording, I am up to date in, in terms of season two. I wanna ask you so much about your life in terms of what led you to this moment as an actress that we all get to celebrate and share in. So we're gonna go back in time a little bit. How did, um, this spark for wanting to live a life in the arts get ignited? Well, when I was really young, I actually always wanted to be a singer. And um, so I spent a lot of time in music class, like, ever, you know, ever since elementary school, I just loved music and I still love music. Um, but I just didn't see, it's so funny in high school, I was like, mm, I don't feel like this is going where I want it to be in terms of how much I love it. So, uh, what do you mean by that? I just, I, I felt like, um, even though I was putting in all this work and, and doing everything I could to get better and it just didn't seem right to me. It just felt like I was not in the wrong place, but you know, you're, you're working towards something, but it kind of feels like a standstill. Like you're not mm -hmm. like really, you're having fun and you're doing it, but you're not getting the most of what you want out of it. I guess I'd say was how I felt. Um, 
And so uh, a teacher of mine came up to me and he said, did you ever want to try acting? And I was like, yeah, I guess. I guess I could try that. <laughs> Where so, did you go to high school? Oh, I went to Forest Hills High School in Queens. Yeah. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, but we ended up, you know, we moved back and forth from New York to Dominican Republic. That's where my family's from. We ended up in Queens. And so, yeah, it was uh, one of, I think it was our history teacher at the time was also the the instructor for instructor for our drama group <laughs> in the school. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, do you want to, oh no, he's our English teacher. That's right. Okay. And he was like, do you want to try acting? And I was like, yeah, sure, I can try it. And then I had a lot of fun with it. And then it kind of just didn't stop, you know? And it, I think in terms of singing and music, for me, the differences with acting at that time in particular was I felt like in terms of acting, there was always something to learn every single second of the day when it came to acting. With yeah. music, I didn't, I, it didn't um, sit with me in the same way. I mean, I learned all the notes, right? I sang the songs, you know, I hit the notes and it was great and I still love it, but there was something deeper in terms of learning about humanity hmm. that, um, I guess I, I got hooked on in terms of acting. And so I just kept doing it and doing it. And then I got to college and another teacher came up to me and was like, do you want to take my class? Her name was Claudia Feldstein. I went to Queens College. Stop. And, uh, yeah. I, I know Claudia Feldstein. You know Claudia? Wait a minute. So when I, uh, I my first job was uh, at the Berkshire Theater Festival one summer, and there were all of these actors there uh, who went to the Yale Drama School. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it has to be, does she have fiery, curly red hair? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. And Claudia had just graduated from Yale Drama School, and uh -huh. she was in this ensemble of in incredible actors. Yes. Um, Michael Greif of Rent fame was one of our directors that summer. Um, and I just thought she was one of the most um, special human beings. And yeah. I can see why she would be a phenomenal teacher. Anyway, that's so crazy. Yeah. Anyways. She, she okay. Was, yeah. When I got there, she was uh, teaching and I'm pretty sure she's still teaching now. I'm not sure, but she was teaching and directing. Okay, and, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, she was like, hey, do you want to take my acting class? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And, and then from there, it was just, it just kept going and going and going. And then it was really in college with Claudia that it was like, I think this is when I want to, this is what I want to keep doing. And I know it's going to be really hard, but there's nothing else. There's nothing else. <laughs> Believe me, I tried. I had like <laughs> 10 majors in college, you know, every single day changing my major, just in denial that theater was supposed to be it. And then at the end, I think it was towards my third year in, in school, that I was like, okay, I think I just need to stop lying to myself and commit to this. And then it was Claudia who actually 
helped me audition for drama schools, Claudia. And then I met another mentor of mine, Maria Halan, and they both actually coached me through my monologues. And then I got into Juilliard. <laughs> so let's talk about your family's um, understanding of what it is you wanted to do and how they did or did not go along on that ride with you at the beginning. Right, they did not in the beginning. <laughs> Listen, as most parents would be fearful of, you know, the future. To eat, you want your kids to eat. Yes. And, you know, be okay and not be starving. And that's very much part of this life. And so my mom was like, gay, yeah, you know, Dominican woman in New York. She's like, you're still going to be a teacher, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> so it was very much, you know, I had to make sure I was keeping up my end of it. But at the same time, you know, I would make sure that I had enough, whatever money I needed or anything to take a class or do this and do that. Um, Tell me about, like, you said you went back and forth between the Dominican Republic and New York. Did you actually go to school at any point in your life as a kid over there? No, I didn't. My older sister and my brother did, but I didn't. Me and my younger sister, we, we uh, went to school here in the States. Um, but yeah, there was still definitely a lot of, like, my mother didn't know if she wanted to stay here or you know, go back. So, but I'm, I'm happy she decided to stay in New York because I love New York. Um, but yeah, I think it was more so she really wanted to take advantage of, you know, the schools here. And my mom's very big on education. So, you know, we're all very much overachievers, I guess you'd say when it comes to schools and stuff like that. My brothers and sisters are very, very um, educated people. <laughs> so your mom is really proud of her children. Oh yeah, she's a tough old broad, but she's super proud. <laughs> that is very cool. So in your house growing up in Forest Hills, is that the part of Queens you grew up um, in? I grew up in Ozone Park, actually. I okay. Was born in um crown heights but i i grew up in ozone park mainly so that's kind of close to the airport close to jfk out there um but yeah i would just you know take the bus take the train to forest hills high school and that's that's where it all happened <laughs> and did you get to because of your proximity to new york um but it sounds like there was no one in your family who was also acting uh, or, or living a, a life in the arts at that time. Um, did you go see theater? Did you go see theater with your school? What was your introduction to that? I'll never forget this one time I was in my English honors class and I didn't like my teacher very much. <laughs> and she didn't like me, it was very clear. And, you know, she took us to see a play, actually. And um, I remember being so blown away by it. I was just like, you know, some of the actors I had seen on this stage were actually on one of my favorite TV shows at the time. Can you and tell me what it was? I forgot what it okay. was. But um, <laughs> I'm sure people who know this, 
will be like, I know exactly who you're talking about. Cause I love friends for some reason. And so, I mean, no, I know I watched TV all the time growing up and friends was on at three o'clock every day after school. So there's, there's this one season where Chandler and Joey fight over the same girl, like Joey dates her and she's an actor. And then Chandler starts to date her, but he gets all, <laughs> I'm having a whole friends moment. He gets all self-conscious because she's an actress and she's having sex with someone on stage, right? And then they break up because of that, her, that woman. All right, <laughs> we're gonna, you know, Instagram is gonna be able to answer this question for us the minute this episode is out. So we're I, good. I loved her. She was so good. She's still a phenomenal actress. She's still on TV doing her thing, but. Um, I remember seeing her on stage and, and I, we got to talk to her afterwards and I was like, oh my God, you are so amazing. You're on my favorite show right now. And I just, I love it. And oh, my English teacher, not so nice. She comes up to us and she's like, wow, this is the most excited I've ever seen Roseanne. And I was like, this is why I don't like you or your class. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing this? But anyway. Yeah, don't shut I, me down. No, and that speaks to the public school system in terms of people of color, how they treat them. But anyway, sidebar on that. But I saw her on stage and I was just blown away. And I, I'll never forget that moment of like, wow, mm. seeing these actors on stage. But no, I didn't go to theater because we couldn't afford it. How could I afford a ticket to see anything on stage ever? <laughs> right. No, I mean, a lot of people who grew up in this area, it's because they went as a class, you know, the, the city or the Department of Education set us up. And then you're always in like the nosebleed seats, like as far yeah. away, but you're still like, oh my God, I'm in an opera. Like it's still so thrilling. Plus, you don't have to go to school that day, which is always like the great part too, right? Like you get to take this subway into the city and miss class. Yeah. Um, so that's your first memory. Yeah, I say that's my first memory of theater. Yeah, we couldn't, it wasn't a thing, you know, my mom worked all the time and she's trying to raise four kids by herself, single mom. What did your mom do to, to make money to support you guys? And was she, a, she was a single mom? Is that what you just said? Yeah. She worked in the public school system, you know, she she worked in elementary schools as like a school aide or whatever she could, but she, um, yeah, she she loves kids and she worked with kids. So that was how we, we got by, but it was, you know, that's not the best income. So it was hard for us. Um, and, you know, growing up, we all started working right away. As soon as we could get our working papers, we worked. Like, I remember being 12 years old working. And what kind of jobs were you doing? Oh, we would just work like um, retail or, or supermarket jobs, like stuff like that. That's like fast, easy cash. And like, you know, you're safe. Like the stores close at eight and you can get home and yeah. be okay. Yeah. Or around the neighborhood, stuff like that. But um, yeah, definitely a, a challenge growing up for all five of us. For sure. And growing up like a Dominican American, is your neighborhood, like, are you feeling a part of your neighborhood? Are you feeling different than everyone in your neighborhood? I'd say it's a, it's, I'd say it's both, you know, because it's like, it's hard because you're, I'm, 
Americanized. You 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 grow up in the states, but you're in the states, and they're like, "Well, you're not really from here." But then you go back home, and then they're saying, "You're not really from here either," because mm-hmm. you're from the states. So right. it's a very heard of story, but it's never like really broken down in terms of you know, okay, so then where do I belong at all? So that's that's also the other thing because you grow up and. It's like, okay, what do I have to do to fit into any, to any culture? So you kind of let go of whatever it is that, you know, I felt like specifically for me, I, I went to school in Howard Beach and Howard Beach is notorious for a lot of things, (laughs) Uh, especially, you know, with its history and, and race and racism a lot, you know. And so I, a lot of the people that went to the school I went to when I was young were white. And so that, you know, getting older and realizing that and understanding, okay, I, uh, I wish I remember being young and just wanting to have straight hair and being like, why is that? Oh, it's because the other girls in my school have straight hair. And if I have straight hair, then maybe I can fit in with them. And then, you know, you go back to Dominican Republic for the summer and they're like, you're not from here okay then they treat you differently as well so yeah it's really it's hard you have to figure it out as you get older but uh it's a journey for sure and then you're at Juilliard right (laughs) (laughs) where you know I mean what kind of parts were they having you work on Oh, Juilliard. Oh, man, I'm still trying to break down those four years and what happened there. Um, I think I will be probably for the rest of my life. Um, But when I was at Juilliard, you know, the first year you go there, it's it's all about um, playing and and getting to know your classmates and stuff like that. And then the second year you start to do more classical texts and uh, you start to do some naturalistic plays, realism, you know, the very kitchen plays, I guess. And then, you know, your third year, you're doing a bunch of Shakespeare. And then your fourth year, uh, you're doing your rep. So you're doing like three or four plays at once, or you're in, you're like in a big play. Um, So, yeah, my last year there, I got to play Marisol, Marisol. So that was really great. And, um, but you know, you definitely, I remember pitching that play to my uh, teachers because it's like, uh, the faculty there isn't as diverse as we would like it to be. So you, you definitely learn to quickly fight for yourself and, and the work that you want to do and that represents you. And so I, I had pitched a Jose Rivera play Marisol and uh, I got to do it. But then after I pitched it, I was like, oh my God, this play is so damn hard. I don't want to No, I have to do it. (laughs) Somebody else can do it. (laughs) I can't do this shit. But you did. But I did it. And then, um, yeah. And then, so the last year is also about like kind of getting you prepared to be part of the world again. But I don't think they spent enough time on that, but um, you know, slowly. But you but figured it out. I sure did because that's the thing. I I quickly learned while I was there that um, 
uh, being a student never ends. So you always have to keep learning. And so I, 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 once I set that in my mind, I feel like there's no limits, no boundaries. So there's always something I'm going to learn. And I think that's why I love acting so much is because the learning never ends. There's also tremendous humility in what you just said, right? Like there's tremendous humility in that mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. I think that's, really beautiful oh thank you right it's like it's like how you know I was reading this article today online or something about you know those those little short ones that are like 12 actors who quit acting and they're doing something else I'm always scared to click on that because I I feel like (laughs) what's am I actually now gonna like get ads ads for something it's always there it's always like, it's today the fucking day so you it is so tell me what what's happening there you can so you can I fill was, us in i was reading it and you know it's like they either had bad experiences on set and they're like oh this guy's a fucking asshole or ah she's fucking the nightmare or, or whatever or the other thing was like they they didn't feel protected in their personal lives and so I feel like that is always something to learn from. Like, okay, how can I protect myself, uh, but still be, you know, absolutely vulnerable when I need to be? I think is what I'm like learning now. Now that I've started the show and and worked on it for now two seasons, it's like, okay, how can I really protect my mental health, my physical health? but also be able to go to work and understand that my work is to be, not to get scenes right, but to be absolutely truthful and vulnerable when I need to be. Um, That was something like one of our, my favorite teachers at school, Stephen McKinley Henderson, he would always tell us, you don't gotta get it right. You just gotta get it true. And I, I live to that every single day, every time I do anything. Well, it's pretty, I mean, you know, when I read your bio, obviously you were able to kind of get some amazing theater roles post Juilliard. And then you start building this, you know, guest star episodic work on television. And and I assume you started out in New York. I mean, a lot of people fly to LA right away. Did you kind of begin your career post grad school here in New York? Yeah, I I always knew, I mean, it was always a dream to move out here to California. Just, yeah. Weather is just so damn nice. Yeah, it looks but very it's, pretty outside your window. It's so pretty. Yeah. Um, it's like living in some kind of utopia. It's like, oh my God, what, is it gonna rain? No. I remember when I lived out there, the first, you know, you get up really early at the beginning because you're on New York time. That's the first thing that happens. That changes. But at the very beginning, you're like, I am up at 7 a.m. And it's gorgeous every day. And then finally you're like, oh, that's how it is. Like you right. have to pace yourself. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's how it's Groundhog Day. It's yeah. always beautiful. Yeah. It's always beautiful. And sometimes I'm like, damn, I'm sad today. Can I get some rain, bitch? Exactly. Exactly. I know. Like, why don't I match? But then there's traffic and earthquakes. And you're like, okay, there's other kinds of things that happen that are imperfect. Anyway, so you do you get an agent when you're in grad school? 
I did. I did. Um, actually, I, I started working with my manager, Trevor, over at Anonymous Content first. He saw me. Oh, I, I think it might have been the beginning of my the beginning of my fourth year. And then afterwards with Showcase, I linked up with Sherry over at Buckwall who I, I love them. They're just absolutely amazing people and a real team, you know? So yeah, I, I actually, to answer your question from before, I, I, the only reason I always wanted to come out here, but I would only let myself come out here for work. Mm-hmm. Because we already, you know, at school, you establish all these relationships with people in New York. So I, I wanted to take advantage of having spent so much time in New York already and didn't want to come out here with nothing. So I tried to build up as much as I could in New York. And then if anything brought me here, then I would move here. And it um, did. Yeah. So exciting. I love it. So you have... Um, I mean, I have so many questions. So I'm wondering in terms of like, sort of in this moment, when you talk about advocating for yourself or protecting to yourself, I mean, protecting yourself, do you feel that energy when you go to work uh, from the writers and from the performers, not all of them, obviously, but is that a dream or is it sort of the same as every other set with like the same complications, even though it's, should be driven by empathy in, in ways that maybe other sets are not. Yeah, I, I'd say it isn't like any other set I've been on. And I've been lucky enough to just be on here and there, nothing as sure. long as this, but it's definitely way different than uh, any other set I've been on. Um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, there's a lot more empathy. There's a lot more like, you know, we, you are you have to be politically correct like here we don't we this is an everyone is welcome here we don't do that crazy shit we don't we don't disrespect people in that way you know that might on another side could be a joke or which is fine if it's a joke it's you know your joke you're doing your thing whatever but here i think what i love about the l word set is that everyone is you know really considerate of each other and where you come from or or and boundaries you know so that's something that's really it's been really cool to see and be part of so yeah the energy is for sure different and and is there like a specific language that you have learned on this show that maybe you didn't know before because it's or or did it come naturally to you um no you know because like we were talking about before I'm from a theater background. So for me, the language I had to learn the most was the camera language. Right. It's different. Oh, it's so different. And you know, you watch interviews with people and they're like, I don't care what you say. Acting on stage is the same as acting on camera. And I just want to say liar. You're a liar. Stop lying. I mean, if if there is some kind of humanity that's the same about it, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. But in terms of, of this little box there, I, ooh, I feel like every time I look at a camera, I'm like, you can see all my secrets, can't you? Mm. You can see when I'm lying to you, when I'm hiding from you. And so it's definitely been like, and I'm still learning. Have it's, you gotten used to seeing yourself? Do you watch it? 
You know, I watch it from a learning standpoint, like educational. I when I see myself on TV or I it's kind of like I'm looking at somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. I've just had that separation always because I'm like I I'm my biggest critic. So I can always tell if I'm lying or like, oh, you faked that one or what were you thinking there? Were you thinking anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was so, it four in the morning at that point? Or did they just give me new pages? Like, I know. Not, there wasn't enough uh, Photoshop to pick up those bags under your eyes at 5 a.m. when you were shooting that scene. We get it. We get yeah. it. You're asked to do a lot on this show. Um, and I know we all know that editing is sort of the final performance is so much out of your hands. And right. you're like, wait, there was a take that I felt not like a liar at all, right? And right. it's not the one, or why is it on the back of my head? That was the best moment, right? There's another person in the scene. Right. Um, but I feel like, uh, and I want to talk about this. You play Sophie Suarez and you um, bring your uh, authentic Dominican New York self to this role, if there was ever a marriage of a, of a part and a person and the miracle that they, they saw that too on the day you sent in your tape or however you auditioned for it, it's like, oh, they watched it because imagine had they not watched it. That happens too. Yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> but they did. It's like a miracle for all yeah. of us. So how did you get this incredible part? Did you already know people involved? Did you know anything about the show? What is your history with it? And how did it come about? I remember watching the show in high school, right? It would come out really late at night on Showtime. And of course, all these women having sex. So like, you know, I'd pray to God my mom was asleep and then I'd watch the L word and be like, oh man, this show is racy. Look at them, so naked. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful, so naked. And I was like, oh my God, there's no, I've never seen a show like this before. And then, um, so that was in high school. So I had seen it before. So um, you were sneaking it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I didn't want my mom coming in and speaking all Spanish and yelling at me like, ah, what are you doing? Like, yes. like Ma, hey, this is actually, what, what could I say in high school? I'd be like, sit down and give her a lecture about <laughs> how, how people love, people. all people love each other. Right. Yeah. Right. No, she was like, get your ass to bed. So so then when it came to auditioning for the show, I just, I sent in a self-tape and a self-tape of all things. Cause like, you know, you can go into an office, but why, I- Why was it a self-tape? Do you know? Well, because they're out here in LA. I think they're doing all the casting actually was in LA. If Got I'm it. Mistaken, but- um, Cause it's pre-COVID, right? Right, right, okay. right. So I was the only one, I think, who flew in from New York to test for it. And so that was a big deal for me. I had tested before, but I hadn't, you know, flown out anywhere and been put up. And I was like, oh, man, I had to make sure my nerves were in check for three days. I was doing yoga, I was going to the beach. <laughs> I was just like, I need it's to a lot. Relax and like center my energy. And so then we had the test and, you know, I, I had a chemistry read with Ari, uh, 
but at the time I didn't know, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if she was sure that she had gotten the part yet. I think they were just seeing a bunch of people. And so we were paired and uh, we had our chemistry read and it, it went well, <laughs> obviously. And then, uh, and then, you know, afterwards for our test, we just talked, which was, I don't think it's too normal. Wait, you and Ari or you and the producer writers? Me and the producer and the writers and Marja, our showrunner. Okay. Um, Meaning and, they kept you in the room and you're yeah. just, okay. Yeah, and Eileen, Eileen Chaikin was there, who's a lovely person, my goodness, so sweet. And, you know, we just talked about, you know, what the show means for this community and how important it is. And like, if I were to be this part, what it would mean. And I'd be like, yeah, of course, like, this is what, I've always, even in college, I wanted to be part of some kind of outreach. Like this is bigger than us and ourselves. Um, so we just talked and kind of hanged for a second. And then, yeah, I got a call two days later, I think it was, I had gotten the part. So I was moving to California. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Incredible. Only, and I'll say it again from a self tape because you do self tapes today and you're just like, no one is going to watch this. Yeah. But they do. And, and there's the idea of something and then it's really happening. So did you have any understanding of what it is to be at the center of, of something that means so much to so many people, not just because it's like a great show to watch and we get so invested in the characters, but because people are seeing themselves represented in a way that feels so truthful and celebratory and inclusive and all the things you talked about, about what it was for you to watch that show and now you're in it. So when you had that hang that day, now it's happening. Now, not only, now it's season two, like you're in it for real. Whatever anxiety you had probably at the beginning, like I'm in, am I gonna stay in? Like, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. anything can happen you're in and you're part of his family deeply, deeply. Um, how does the real experience versus the fantasy of what it might be like to be on this show, what is that like on a day-to-day -day basis? I do have to say, like, I do have to, like, uh, separate myself a little bit from it so that I can do the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that you're not just doing you. Exactly. So I'm Whatever. not... Yeah thinking about the gravity of this thing because it is immense and you know with it comes responsibility and can you talk about that because that's sort of what I meant you know people when we were growing up it, you could meet that actress backstage to have that magical moment with someone and get to right. tell them but we didn't have social media you know that actress wasn't on Instagram and you couldn't dm her at that point right now you know, you and I talked on Instagram today before we even, you know, did this. And and I, and when you have a public account, people can reach out to you directly. And there's a lot of that. And there's an expectation that the people we admire um, will respond to us. Right. So how do you handle that? Do you love that? Do you pace yourself? Do you not engage personally? Because then how do you engage with every single person who wants to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Does the show help you with that? 
Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of ways to answer that. Um, I do engage with people on social media. I can't engage with everyone because I'm just one person, <laughs> but I do try. And I think also to the way the show helped and also my personal responsibility, I felt like when I started working on this show was to educate myself, you know, it's the L word, but there's more to that. It's the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Having to educate yourself, you know, in terms of how to speak about certain things and making sure, you know, you're taking all things into consideration, you know, whether it be you're in the LGBTQ community, but maybe also a person of color in the LGBTQ community and how different people go about their lives, you know, differently being part of whatever part of the spectrum they're in. Um, so there's a lot of educating that I, you know, I'm still learning every day. And yeah. I could be a human being if I said, you know, I know everything because no one does. But I think personally, there's the responsibility of educating yourself, you know, um, being part of, of conversations with people when you don't know something, asking, you know, and um, yeah, I, I'd say that's that's how I do my part with that and like making sure that if I do interact with people that I've done my research and I've done my homework. So, you know, and then there's also the other thing about social media that's that's hard for me is actually social media is incredibly difficult for me. I find it, you know, it can really take over your life sometimes. And so during the pandemic, I was off the internet. I wasn't on at all. I was gone for a whole year and I did it for, you know, self-reflection and, and to really just take time to be me and, and understand my relationship to what was happening or what is happening in the world. But when I came back, I decided that my relationship to social media wasn't going to be the actor's relationship. And so I started this little project that I'm doing of giving fans like these special boxes of like gifts of like saying thank you for being a fan. And so I, I see it as a way of like, if I can take the attention off, you know, yeah. you know, figure in this amazing show and really give it back to the people who watch it, then it, it kind of grounds you and, and makes you realize how important other people are. So those are the ways that I kind of navigate myself through social media and usually yeah. kind of like off of me and on yeah. other people who deserve the, the light. So had you seen Flashdance? Oh yeah, for sure. Are you kidding me? So right. there, she is. there she is. The toes and the leg warmers. Have you talked to her about that? Iconic moment oh, in her life so funny I haven't it. it's you know it's because she's so Jen is like she'll she'll talk about experiences that she's had in her life like working on set and working in movies and all these amazing things and just like there's such teachable moments or such learning moments so it's like but she hasn't actually ever talked about it it's so funny even though I like tell people like you know that's that girl that yeah dance with that like the oh uh. <laughs> I mean iconic iconic although it you know I was just saying to my husband because I was watching like really binging the show 
she is just an extraordinary actress. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was watching the scene between her and her daughter. I mean, there's just a way in which her naturalism, it's, it's almost like documentary. Like you're like, it's seamless in terms of how she goes through a scene. And I feel like everybody is, it's kind of remarkable the yeah. way in which you guys are so in your bodies. And it, I mean, do you guys get to improv? Cause there's moments that just feel so alive I'm like, is that scripted or are you guys just allowed to kind of say stuff while the camera's rolling? Sometimes it is improv, which is which is really cool. And then there are other moments where, I mean, this is what's so amazing about Marja. And, you know, she also has a theater background is that like there was this one day on set where she was like, the scene isn't working. And, and I think it's the words. And we're like, OK. And so we sat down in her office uh Jack and I uh who plays Finley and we just started talking about what the scene was and then that was the scene and then so we went to set it was kind of crazy we went to set five minutes later and we shot that scene and I was like holy moly macaroni this is this is it this is the moment where you're in acting class and they're like you know you're you're not gonna have time you're just gonna have to go <laughs> And then it happens and you're like, okay, well, we did that. We did it. It was good. So. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, that's such a rare thing. And now watching Rosie O'Donnell, I don't want to do any spoiler alerts, but that's another person who's doing something on this show. People think they know what she does and there's a gravitas and a, and a kind of, I don't know, like it's deep how settled into this thing she is. I saw her the other day and I was like, you know, I'm gonna do it right now. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm gonna tell you that I think you are so fucking good. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you hit me in Smilf, another Showtime show. Yeah. And her character there, it's just like, Ooh, she's just so good at, at being herself and, and being comfortable in her shoes. And, you know, it, it's something that, you know, you really aspire to be like, and it, it's just never, it never feels phony. It never feels fake. It's just, you know, someone who lives in their voice and lives in their body a hundred percent of the time is what it's like for me when I watch her is what it's like to see her act on on screen and also she's just so fucking nice she's the nicest person to work with and it's such a pleasure and i hope that she she comes back forever <laughs> no i mean i think the thing that really is um a master class that you guys are all doing is it's not just what you're it is going to sound so corny i've never seen a cast listen to each other um, the way you guys listen to each other. It's really, I don't know, everyone just go watch the L word generation. Yeah. Q. That's all I have to say. Um, I could talk to you forever, but I'm not the only one who wants to talk to you. So I'm going to let you go. But I do want to ask you, is there a little known fact that you can share about you? A little known fact about me is that I used to have like 20 fish growing up 
<laughs> my mom was obsessed with fish in the tank. I'm like, mom, what is this? She's like, I just love fish. I was like, shit, I guess I love them too. <laughs> it's a random fact. I know, but I can picture it. I can picture that big tank. Big tank. And like everyone going, whose job is it to clean it? I thought you were going to clean it. Stinks. We had turtles too. Oh God, they're stinky. Yeah, but I love people who love animals. I think it's yeah. really important to have animals in the house. I have um, two doggies, two dogs. I know, you're so generous in sharing your dogs with us. Um, I'm such a dog lover. Everybody rescue an animal as soon as you finish listening to this episode. It's really, um, I don't know, it'll make your life so much better on oh. every level. It's worth the trouble. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show today. What a dream interview this was for me. And I, you know, I just really have to say, I can't wait to see, you're just at the beginning and Claudia Feldstein was right. You should give her a call after this. Be like, Will you please send her my love? I just love her so much. And thank you for your time today. This was really, really special. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. One more thing. So many of you have asked, how do you donate to the podcast? Well, it could not be easier. Just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com slash donations. Instructions are clearly laid out. And I'm so grateful to you in advance for any donation you choose to make. But regardless, I have loved, loved, loved making the previous 200 and something episodes for you. I can't wait to make 200 more. I wish you a beautiful day. Stay healthy. Be safe. Until next time. The episode was edited by Nicholas Clark. We recorded in New York City. And the Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded by Georgia Famusa with backups by Caleb Famusa. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extrahelp Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.